Are you not getting testimonials and referrals from the students inside your course? If not, listen into this episode to hear some of the mistakes you might have made inside your course that are causing the lack of results for your students. Being an effective course creator doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about choosing the right techniques, mastering a few key strategies, and teaching your content effectively. Welcome to the She's Building a Dream podcast. With thousands of listeners, it's the go-to podcast for course creators dedicated to helping you make your online course more effective and efficient. I'm your host, Kristen Moss. I've been an entrepreneur for over eight years, but before that, I was a teacher with a master's degree for 10. I'll show you my framework for transforming your online course into a course that actually gets your students results, which will showcase you as the expert you are, bring in more student testimonials, more referrals, and ultimately more sales. Let's transform your life and legacy starting right now. There are specific strategies you need to use in order to have a successful and sustainable online course. The market is way more saturated than it ever has been before. And if you don't have specific strategies in place in your course, your people, your students will not get results and they will not pass on testimonials and referrals. And before you know it, you will not be able to sustain your course. I know you likely want to be that top expert, the go-to expert in your online course industry or in the niche around your online course. So there are some common mistakes people make in the course design process that inhibits them from actually being known as the go-to expert. And in this episode, I want to go over several of the reasons why you might be having this problem and help you to work through these pieces. So one of the things is rushing the content creation process. Now, there is a lot of things that you need to do to plan and research before actually creating your course. So many people will tell you, just hurry up and create the course. It doesn't have to be perfect, which maybe for your beta course that works. But after that, from there, we need to take it a next level, take it a higher step and actually be thorough with the planning and research. We need to know exactly what it is your students want to learn about, what they need to learn about, and what they've already learned before so that we can start the course in the exact right spot so that we don't have people coming into your course thinking, oh, I'm ready to learn. But the minute they get inside, they've already seen a lot of that content before. I don't know about you, but I've bought courses before where I thought it was going to be such a great course and it was going to teach me so much. I got inside and the first half of the course was either fluff or things I already knew, and it was almost like a waste of my time. So we don't want that to happen to your students, and that's why we have to have specific planning and market research in place. So when we're thinking about that, we want to be thinking about what does it look like to serve our students at that level? What is it that they actually need to learn? We don't want to add the fluff and all the extra pieces because when we add a lot of fluff and extra pieces, we actually lose people. We'll talk more about that in this episode here, but I want to just be thinking about not rushing this process. Like I said, the first beta course, it's okay for you to kind of have your feet to the fire and be going quickly through the course process, the course creation process. But I'm talking about once you already have that course created, once you've already had some beta students run through that course, what does it look like from there? Well, we need to do our research. We need to be interviewing our past students, interviewing our potential students. 
finding out what other people are offering, what's inside their courses, what kind of meat we need to put inside there. And then we need to have a really specific roadmap with realistic timelines of how long something takes someone. We can't just automatically think that something will take someone a week when it actually needs three weeks to dive in deep. Okay, so don't rush that content creation process. If you've rushed it, you likely need to back yourself up and look back over your course again. And with a different set of eyes, almost go through your course like you are the student and think about in the very beginning, what does that person need to learn? Sometimes we add a lot of fluff in the beginning because we just don't know where to start. So look back at your course and think about what is this roadmap that I've got people on? What is the journey that they're on and is it appropriate for them? Is it the right fit for them? Another thing that we need to be thinking about is clear learning objectives. So a learning objective means that you say something like students will be able to And we want to have that clear learning objective for every single thing taught inside our course, every lesson, every module, and the entire course itself. We need to have these clear learning objectives so our students are not confused. If you don't have clear learning objectives inside your course, you are probably confusing your students. They might go through a lesson and think, what is the point of this? What what is he or she getting at? What do I need to do here? So we need to make sure that we are actually clear on how our students will learn or what they will learn rather inside the course and how they will learn it. Make sure that you are crafting this in a way that's measurable as well. So what will they be able to do at the end of this module? What will they be able to do at the end of this lesson? What will they be able to do at the end of this video? We need to have that clear and precise. If you don't have that clear and precise your students will get kind of lost in the shuffle and they'll wonder, what is even the point of this? I don't know about you, but I took some college courses that were that I was thinking that the entire time. What was the point of me taking a course on astronomy to learn how to teach? That didn't make any sense. So we don't want that to happen inside your online course. Another mistake that a lot of course creators make is overloading the information. A lot of times we feel Um, especially in the beginning, we feel a little reluctant to charge people for our knowledge. And so it feels kind of like, oh my gosh, I have to give them a lot of information because I charged them. The problem with that is that we overwhelm those students and overwhelmed students stop taking action. They stop going through the information. They stop going through the course and then they don't actually learn the material, right? They don't finish the course. So my recommendation is always to break the content into small little chunks and modules. Many of my students have always said they enjoy going through my course because they can go little pieces at a time. And it actually makes them feel like they are making progress because they're listening to a six-minute video at a time or a 10-minute video at a time. It's almost like the podcast as well. I believe in smaller pieces of content and information because that's the way adults want to learn these days especially with TikTok and Instagram and all these short form content, our brain is geared up for that. So if you've ever bought a course and you've gotten inside it and you see that the course video is 25 minutes long and you are thinking, that's a lot of time for me to devote to actually listening to that. I've been there before too. And we don't want that to happen to your students. So think about how you can break things down into smaller bite-sized pieces and modules so that they can actually make progress all along the way without having to listen to a 25-minute video. All right, so let's be thinking about too, 
our course design and the navigation inside the portal. Many times people go through having a specific course portal because they are looking at the pricing of the software. So if you've been around me for a while, you know that I'm a Kajabi user. I have my course on Kajabi because I believe that that is the best place for people to actually go through the course in a user-friendly way. There are other softwares out there that are good as well. I just am not very familiar with them. So we want to be thinking about how can we lay out this course in a way that's so user-friendly, that people know how to access the content, where to find the content, how to navigate it, how to know what to do when. I have taken some courses. I have one more recently that I purchased, and it's I've actually... <laughs> would love to give the course creator some advice, but of course, I'm not going to overstep my boundary. But it's really hard for me to go through that information because it feels like I'm jumping in all over. I feel like I'm doing one task and then a different task and then a different task. And it doesn't really seem like it's supposed to be laid out that way. It's not very linear. I would love to go through and say, hey, can I help you guys out and change some things around here that make it more user-friendly for people because I know as the user, that's one of the hardest courses I've ever gone through. It's really hard for me. I have to be really motivated to go through the content because it feels like such a chore. And we don't want that to happen to your students. We wanna make sure that we actually have a user-friendly course laid out and they can navigate the information and it's set up in a way where they can be successful all along the way, not where after eight weeks of listening to course modules, they can be successful. We want them to be successful all along the way. And how do they get the information easily? Do they have to dig through to find all these things? Do they have to jump through hoops? Unfortunately, nowadays, we want things easy. Everything is so easy. I even think about my children. When they want to order something online, they complain how long it's going to take. And I always say, back in the day, my mom had to order from catalogs, and we had to wait six to eight weeks for delivery. They have no idea how lucky they are to actually be able to wait two, three days at most, sometimes a week, but they don't have to wait that long. That's what we've all turned into, and that's what we've been trained to do, is to get information quickly. So if we are not providing the course information easily for our students to be able to know what to do when and to have a clear roadmap laid out for them, they will get lost in the process and they will not finish your course. A good way to check this out is to look at your course analytics. Another reason why I love Kajabi, course analytics will show you where people are dropping off. Where are they stopping? Where are the majority of the people not going forward? And how can we make that piece right there better so that that doesn't keep happening? What do we need to put in place there so that people continue to take action or continue to go forward and, and moving the needle? All right. So with that being said, we also need to be thinking about the interactivity and the engagement inside your course. This is another mistake a lot of course creators make. They forget about this piece. We need to have some interactive elements like quizzes, discussions, assignments, something that helps people to engage in the content. Just listening to all videos and not engaging with the content will not actually get your students' results because they will disengage. That passive learning will make them just listen to binge, they'll probably binge listen to the videos and then not go any further with the information because we can only absorb so much information without taking action on it. 
So we really need to be thinking about some interactive things like quizzes and discussions and assignments. How can we bring those things inside our course? How can we be unique about those things and cause that to drive people to continue to take action? When we know there's something hanging out above us, when people are expecting an assignment or expecting us to turn something in, we are little we are held a little bit more accountable than if it's just listen to these videos. Because how do you know people are actually listening to the videos? I have done a lot of courses while I've been cleaning. I don't enjoy cleaning, so I will put AirPods in and I will clean while I listen to a course. But you know what? The courses that I don't do that with are the ones that I actually have to stop and take action. And those are the courses I get the most out of. When I just listen to things, it's almost like listening to a podcast. It kind of goes in my ear. I absorb the information and I move on. When it comes to courses, we don't want that to happen. We want people to actually be listening to our content and taking the action with it. So make sure that you are assigning something inside your course all along the way. All those little steps need something to show that they are making progress for them and for you. Also, one of the things that people make a mistake of is lacking consistency in the content or the style. This happens a lot of times when we pull old content to put a course together. And I've certainly done this myself. You can see it in my different hairstyles inside my course. But when we pull old content in, we have to be careful because sometimes, you know, if you designed a course, let's say it was a beta course, and you go to create another course and you pull pieces from that, it might not look the same. And we really want it to be congruent. So we want to have that branding consistent, that tone consistent, the style consistent, so that your students know what to expect every single time they go through another piece of the course. It needs to kind of have that cohesive professional appearance and have that experience for your students because that sets you as an expert. That makes you look and sound like an expert when you have more consistency in that content and style. Otherwise, it feels like you're just uncluttered and throwing all these pieces of a sandwich together and expecting people to actually take a bite. So we've gone through a lot of things so far, and I want to talk through just a few more. I want to talk about a little bit something that I talk about a lot, but I want to talk about it on a different angle. When we're thinking about the power of multimedia. So multimedia means that we are thinking about the way people learn best and we're doing all different types of elements in the course. So you might have videos, you might have images, you might have audio, you might have transcripts. We do that because people learn differently and we need to make sure that we are giving the content in a way that everyone can learn something. But how can we use those different things to enhance that content engagement? How can we actually take these pieces and enhance that engagement? It doesn't have to be really fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, you spent thousands of dollars on a video editor. That's not the point. The point is that you have different ways that people can interact with the course. Okay, so be thinking about how you can pull in those different things. Don't underestimate the power of that multimedia and the different pieces you can put in your course. Make sure that you add those in there and your engagement will be a lot higher than if you just have talking head videos the entire course. Let's see, one more thing I want to talk about too is thinking about how to collect feedback on your students. 
If you are not thinking about how to get feedback from your students, you are making a big mistake. It's hard to get feedback sometimes because we put our heart and soul into this course. We put everything we have into creating this course. And then if all of a sudden someone says they don't like it or it's not good or they didn't like this piece or they didn't learn anything, it's scary. But we want to make sure that we are collecting feedback from our students because a lot of times they give us really good feedback. They say really positive things, and that helps us to keep going. That happens with my students. We will get on a group coaching call, and they will just tell me how wonderful I am, how many things I've taught them, and how they are where they are because of me. Now, I wouldn't know that unless I was collecting that feedback. We need to have a place where we can collect that feedback from students. So sometimes times that's doing like small little surveys along the way. Sometimes that's in the comment section of your course portal, in- encouraging people to actually post in the comment section. We want to make sure that we are actually asking for feedback, inviting that feedback in. That will also help you to get more testimonials from people because they're seeing that you are inviting that. You are inviting for them to leave a testimonial and leave feedback. Okay, and there is one more thing I want to talk about. A mistake that a lot of course creators make is not planning for scalability. So if you are just planning this one course around the students you have inside right now, it's going to be hard for you as that audience grows. You're going to feel like you can't keep up. So we need to plan that course for scalability as that audience grows. And the way we do that is by putting some automations in place. How can we put some automations in place where people along the way are giving you feedback, are connecting with you, are showing that they are doing the content, that they like the content, that they're learning from the content, how can we put those automations in place? Some course software like Kajabi will have automations where people could actually fill out a three to four question quiz and it's almost like a survey that gets sent to your email. Then you could have a customer support specialist be going through those pieces and analyzing that data and seeing what people are liking, what they're not liking, if they're actually meeting the learning objective or not. We need to plan for that scalability. So if you're just planning to have five people in your course, it will be very difficult for you once you get 50 people in because five people's opinions and five people's learning styles are very different than 50 people's learning styles and 50 people's opinions. So we need to make sure that we have that scalability planned in there. What does that look like? This is even something else that one of my students and I were talking about recently, the idea that when you go to record your course, she was wanting to hire somebody to come in and help her to record the course, edit the videos, do a professional background, all the things, which I think looks great, right? And a lot of bigger online gurus do that. They hire somebody to help them record it, film it, edit it, all the things, and it looks amazing. But here's the problem with that. When it comes to scalability, let's say you want to change something in your course. You want to add something in your course. How do you recreate that same exact look and feel again? So we need to be thinking about in the future, if we want to add more to the course, if we want to add another lesson, if we want to improve a lesson, we can't make things look drastically different. Because your students might get a little confused when all of a sudden things look different. Now, I am a perfectionist, so I do have perfectionist tendencies. 
And that would bother me as the course creator to have a video all of a sudden in there that doesn't look the same as the other ones. And to hire someone again to film it, edit, record all the things, it's going to be kind of hard depending on, you know, if you have someone that's a relative or someone that you live nearby that can help you, that's different than hiring someone that you have to travel to to record your course. So be thinking about that when you are trying to think about scaling your course. Picture having 100 people inside that course and what will that look like for you versus only having five people in. So if you have a course that you would like to improve so you can get more testimonials, more referrals, and ultimately more sales, I invite you to DM me over on Instagram at She's Building a Dream or check the show notes below this episode to get connected with us and see if there are some things that we can do to help you to get your students more results inside your course so you can have a more sustainable and scalable online course.